We're in our fourth lesson of the Hold series, and we're looking at what God says, or how God says we should see Jesus. And so we're asking the question, how do you see Jesus? And in our text of Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, we have, we've been looking at the ways that God said, this is how you should see the child that will be born in Bethlehem. And, and, and as we're, as we're looking at this, we've looked at wonderful, we've looked at counselor, we looked at the, him as mighty God, and today we're going to look at Jesus as everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. And and that seems odd. Because we're talking about a baby in a manger and the Everlasting Father. Which doesn't seem to really go together at all. But there are many things about Jesus that we can't quite get our minds around. One of the first things I taught in in our very first lesson was this. Isaiah is about to, we're about to talk about him as being mighty or as being wonderful. And so I said, Isaiah is about to reveal Jesus as mighty God and everlasting Father. We can't behold him in those roles if we don't first recognize that we won't understand every reality that is wrapped up in Christ Jesus. When we're talking about God... We're talking about something that's so far beyond our ability to grasp. And our big idea today is this, that that sometimes the smallest revelation can contain the greatest truths. And I have two thoughts for us today. And thought number one is this. Beholding Him as everlasting Father means recognizing the ultimate source of all things. He was a tiny baby. And yet He was the source of all things. He was the one through which the power and authority of God would flow through Him. If you look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, the Scripture reveals something very unique about Christ. It says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So everything we can know and understand, through Christ, God created it all. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. So the miracle of Christmas is that the one in the manger was the part of God that humanity could see. And the one who held the expression of God's power. In this moment, God was being born into the world of humanity in a visible, in a very real form. God wrapping Himself in flesh. This is why He could call the dead back to life. This is why He could heal the sick and and, and bring hearing back to the deaf. and, And all the miracles that He did, because He was the source of all things. He was the source of hearing from the beginning. He was the source of life itself. And so anything that was missing, He could restore it because He was the source of it from the beginning. 
Today, you and I can rely on Him to answer every need that we may be facing in our life. Every need because He's the source. There's not a situation that you could be going through where God would say, I wonder how I could handle that. He would know exactly how to handle it because He's the source of the answer. It's why we can say that Jesus is the answer. It's why we can know Him as the answer because He is everlasting Father. That baby in the manger was the smallest revelation of the greatest possible truth. Small things are often discounted, but can impact the greatest of things. For instance, Jesus is this small baby lying in a manger, and and the Roman Empire would not even know that He existed. In fact, the, the Roman leaders would probably not care were they told that He existed and that He was born on that day. It just didn't even matter to them, but He would rock their literal world. He would change everything. The world itself would not care that he was born. He would just be one of many children born that day. But thousands of years later, you and I celebrate his birth. While many have been forgotten, his birth is still remembered because a little thing changed the big thing. We see that sometimes in nature as powerful beasts are brought down by things that they believe are completely insignificant. For instance... The powerful wolverine has a tendency to choke on the simple buckeye. <laughs> Security will help me after service. The, uh... That's just fun. <laughs> The world didn't see the importance at all in the birth of Jesus. But His presence shifted the reality of the world entirely. We used to sing a song whenever I was uh, a kid. We'd sing, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer. Why was He the answer? Why is He the answer? Because He's the source of all things. He's the everlasting source. He's the source that will never run out. Thought number two this morning and this evening is beholding Him as everlasting Father means accepting Him as King. Historically, the king of a nation was called or referred to as the father of the nation because it was understood or thought that that because the king controlled everything, that good things would flow from the king and therefore good things that were birthed in the nation would be fathered by him. And so the king would be known as the father of the nations. And, And when speaking of Jesus, John the Revelator wrote to us in the book of Revelations, Something unique about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus and, and he's describing what's going to happen in the end time. And, and he, he's talking about these kings that form a coalition together in order to fight against this one king. And, and they're, they feel confident and certain and they feel like everything's going to go their way. And they, so they attack with, with certainty. But the Bible tells us something about this one king. It says, together they will go to war against the Lamb. 
And that lamb we understand to be Jesus in this word. He says, but the lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and king of all kings. And his chosen, or rather his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. So there will be this coalition of kings that come against this one king. And everything logical in their world says because we are many and he is one, we will overwhelm him. But what they forget, what they the mistake that they make, and whether you read this as literal or figurative, the mistake they make is the same. And the mistake is they forget that they are the king, but that he is the king of Kings. The natural authority was not done away with. It remained. They were still rulers and authority. But they failed to understand. They failed to behold Him as everlasting Father, as the source of all things. So the very power that they held within their own grasp really belonged and was controlled, belonged to and was controlled by Him. He was the King of kings. God said through the prophet Isaiah, you're going to behold Him as everlasting Father. Therefore, we can call Him King of kings. Natural rulers that may be coming against you in your life, understand that they have authority. But all of their authority is still submitted to His authority. And He is your everlasting Father. It makes a difference when you behold Him as your source, as everlasting Father. It makes a difference in how you handle situations. When I was a kid, my sister and I would go be driven to school every day by my father. My father uh, just, he decided to drive us to school every day, and he did. It's just that every day we were late. And so we would walk into the schoolhouse and we would stand at the desk and the, the person there at the desk, the, the, you know, receptionist would turn the book around and hand it to us and, and, and we would have to sign our names in the book of tardy people. And sometimes I would sign my name directly where I had signed it yesterday. And so here I was signing my name. And a little first, uh, the first little while, you know, she just turned it around. But eventually she started giving us little speeches. And then the speeches turned into lectures. And the lectures turned into her being angry that we were tardy every day. And that she would really get on to us. And so one day I was telling my dad as we were in, in the house, I said, Hey, listen, can we, can we get to school a little bit earlier today? And he would drop us off at school and then go into the office. And he said, he said, sure, but, but why do you want to get to school earlier? And I said, because the receptionist yells at us every day whenever we're late. And he says, she does what? I said, well, she yells at us every day whenever we're late. And he said, okay. So we got into the car and, and we drove to school and normally he would stop at the front door and open the door and, you know, we'd open the door, jump out, run into school and, and, and he'd move on. But this day he pulled his car into a parking spot and he, and he stopped. And I said, what are you doing, dad? He said, don't worry about me. Just go on in there and do what you got to do. I said, yes, sir. So I walked on into school and I walked up and sure enough, we were late. And so the receptionist turned the book around and, and, and she handed it to me. And, and I began to sign my name in the Tardy Kids book, you know, the book of Tardy Children. And so and so I and so as I'm signing my name, she begins her lecture. And it's a doozy of a lecture. I mean, it's a good one. She practiced this one. I could tell. And it was it was really good. And, uh, and she was really laying it down and she was angry. And you could see her anger coming out. And, and I heard the door open. And I was embarrassed because, because uh, I didn't want anybody to hear 
me being yelled at like this. And then I kind of looked back and I saw a man walk into the, to the office. And this man was wearing a flat crown, flat brim cowboy hat. And he was wearing a, a full length leather trench coat. And, and he was about six feet tall. And he weighed 300 pounds. And he bench pressed 300 pounds. I know this because it was my father. And he, he, was walk, he walked into the room and he stood behind me. And boy, she was giving it to me good. And I was even more upset because my dad was now listening to me get yelled at. Until my father stepped to the counter. And he said, excuse me. And the lady looked at him and said, may I help you, sir? She was really annoyed that this fellow was interrupting her good talking to that she was giving to us. And he said, these are my children. She said, okay. And he said, they're late every day. And she said, yes, they are. They're late every day. But I dropped them off. They're not able to drive themselves to school and they don't take the bus. I dropped them off. And so if you want to yell at somebody, yes, they should not be late, but they are. And if you want to yell at somebody, and he wrote down his phone number and he handed it to her and he said, yell at me. But don't yell at my kids anymore. Am I clear? And he smiled his big smile. When dad smiled, it wasn't always good. And so he smiled his big smile. Am I clear? And she went about her duties and we went off the class. Well, the next day we get up and, uh, and we go to school and I'm watching the clock. I'm a clock guy anyway. I watch the time. And uh, I'm watching and sure enough, we're late. We're late. Most days I would shut the door and tuck my head and run in and try to see, you know, wait till she had to slip out for a minute to try to get in there fast. That day it changed everything. I was in there like, please, may I have the registry for the tardy kids? And she turned and she looked at me and I could see it in her face. Everything in her wanted to just let us have it again. Just really do what she needed to do. But she handed me that pen and I watched her go. And she walked back to her seat. And she sat down and I signed the registry. And she never yelled at us again. Never yelled at us again. You see, I was... Not wanting every, I was not wanting to be yelled at, and I was, wasn't wanting anybody to see me be yelled at. But it changed my entire attitude when I knew that my father was standing behind me. When I knew that a, an, an authority greater than my own was standing with me and fighting for me, it changed the entirety of how I looked at the situation. I wasn't afraid anymore to walk into the situation at all. I walked in with confidence and peace. And I'm telling you and I today that when when Jesus is on our side, when everlasting Father is walking with us, then we can walk with confidence and certainty. We can, we can know that it's going to be okay. And maybe there, the, the authority of the world is still going to have a rightful claim. You're late. You shouldn't be late. You ought not have done that. The answer may be, 
Yes, I know, but my daddy's on my side. And he said, you can't yell at me anymore. I encourage you today, church. Behold your father and world. Behold your king.